This podcast is sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, the premier drug and alcohol rehab dedicated to enhancing the science of recovery. First, a plug for my sponsor, who has given me the opportunity to help the families and loved ones of alcoholics and addicts better understand the nature of the disease and what they can and shouldn't do about it, shouldn't try to do about it. We say in our podcast and blog that our primary goal is to help you make an informed decision at this critical stage of your life. Safe House Rehab Thailand represents the modern approach to recovery, founded on safety, which is why we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to intake and detox, technology, and aftercare. To learn more about our modern, advanced approach to recovery, we invite you to visit safehouserehab.com or send your questions and comments to info at safehouserehab.com. So, Tony, I wanted to uh, kind of uh, have you bounce off a couple of things. Uh, I um, observe, it's happened with me, it happened with hundreds of people that I've come to know in the meetings over the last 27 years, that in the initial going, it's about staying sober and not relapsing. But as time goes on and you develop as a person, your life really changes, your attitude changes, and you accept life as it comes more easily, and you grow spiritually and emotionally and so forth. So tell me about that, that, that uh, transition, if you will, from just staying sober one day at a time to the kind of life that um, you aspire to live and what the reality of it is. In my experience, the, at the beginning, as it is with uh, a lot of things whether it's learning a new instrument or whether it's how to ride a bike I needed to get the basics right I needed to get the basics okay. correct my time spent was on pure recovery everything was revolved around this recovery 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 and um, it was a matter of mastering the basics once I'd mastered the basics and the guidelines and everything else it's and and I felt that I was comfortable with myself and in my being and my presence okay. and okay. Every, the whole process. What was were kind the basics happening. in your in your mind? How did you define the basics for yourself? My feelings became more apparent and clear to me. My issues and complete abstinence part of it. Complete abstinence. My, my being honest with myself. Honesty is a huge part in this. Without honesty, nothing is possible in my opinion. Okay, and that is my experience. I had to be honest about absolutely everything. Okay, um, I needed to work through all the. The hurt and pain and issues that were were caused by this, okay. um, and my using my my addiction, okay. and and really kind of restructuring myself both mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, in order to be able to get a clear vision as to this needs to end. I need I need to. I, I feel that I've corrected myself as such. I feel that I'm strong enough with this now. This now. This now. This now. I need to be aware of that, and I need to transition from that to life. Now, I don't think this is something that happens. Click. Quickly, yeah. I don't. There's, it's, Did I you believe, get a sponsor during this time period? I believe this whole thing is a process. I had a sponsor fairly, fairly early on. Fairly early, and then it was dependent on my circumstance. I would try to get a sponsor as quickly as possible. Okay. That and was, what do you talk about with your sponsor when you talk to him? <laughs> it, my, my sponsor for me is I'm very. I'm very open about anything. There's nothing I can't talk to about my sponsor. Because I accepted the process of this honesty and everything else, 
I, I really did fix many, many things with my family and I'm close with my family. So okay. I'm very open about everything with my family. There's not much that isn't said to my okay. fa direct family, which may not be the same for others. That's critical. However, sponsor, that's someone again, is that, that certain things to my family, I'd very openly say to them okay. without thinking about right. it twice. So you're safe in an intimate conversation. Yeah, and my, the relationship with my sponsor, this is another thing I, well, I'll be honest about it, is sure, my sponsor was there for me for my step work and my my recovery as a primary thing however as my sponsors changed over time and as my recovery changed over time my sponsor is not only there for me for my recovery when i say require or need help mm -hmm. with my recovery mm -hmm. unconditionally however my sponsor is actually a dear friend mm -hmm. become a dear friend right? become a dear friend and is it, it feels normal it feels completely yeah, normal yeah, it's really more critical. of yeah it's because before well I, it's less yeah. clinical and yeah. it's now more friendship yeah. right yeah yeah so then moving forward to where you are today you mentioned earlier that you have a sense of freedom you have a sense of joy you have a sense of ambition proper ambition you're able to deploy your uh, considerable uh, social and and uh, educational skills so talk a little bit about that now where you're at today i think that with time and progress Many things change, many circumstances change. Very heavily involved in my recovery. It was 90 meetings, 90 days, then every, time, every day I could get into a meeting, I'd do the meeting, I did service for a year, I had a sponsor, I did the steps once, twice, okay. three times. Got I it. went through everything that was recommended, the asked process, of. Right. I, I did everything. Yeah. There wasn't anything that I kind of felt that like I was missing anywhere. Mm -hmm. And anything that I was guided through, I did. As time went on, I was patient and I let this process just take its course. As it went on, I just went with the flow as okay. such. And then what happened for me was certain doors started opening, certain doors started appearing. Suddenly, I had paths to take and choose. Perfect. And I was strong enough That's by myself beautiful. and with the help of those around Perfect. me because I'd re-sort of molded this whole, right. my, my life back. I was able to, well, privileged enough to take one of these doors or take one of these paths. And I think as confidence grows and and things change with time and when you implement work there then you implement exercise you implement social aspects of things you implement hobbies you, you slowly just you're rebuilding this package of essentially is what most humans again need in order to function at their best so you were open to opportunity because now you could see more clearly is that is that a fair way of, of looking at it yeah yeah okay and you're at peace with yourself you don't have the head noise that you used to there's there's no head noise there's peace there's different coping mechanisms for different things as before it, i was internalizing everything whereas now right. it's regardless of what be it recovery be it just everyday life i need to express myself in and not sit with these thoughts and things and Got feelings it. and yeah. I have sit in your the, stool yeah. and I have the ability and I have the on, on most topics whether, whether they're sensitive or emotional topics I'm quite open and free okay. to you're, just you're, express you can you can go with your feelings how about this one how about uh, your ability to give and to receive love I, I think I've, I've always been a giver whether that be due to my, the nature of my parents. However, I, I know I've been told that I've always, I give too much with this and that, and I need to give to myself. Receiving love, sure. I, maybe before I wasn't so comfortable with receiving love okay. as I am now, 
Whereas, again, I think that's only by strengthening myself and my thinking and okay. the way that I am, is it more open? You talked about confidence earlier. Can you talk a little bit about confidence? Sure. I th- I, <laughs> listening to my parents and speak about me in, when I was smaller and as I developed and was a teenager, I was not always too confident. I was confident in things that I knew I could do or things right. that I was strong at okay. however anything that i was perhaps perhaps felt inferior in i had no confidence in whatsoever okay. although i think that the, the confidence now has grown over time but i'm also aware of what confidence means to me i understand confidence but i also understand how to be humble i also understand ah, very balance it without being arrogant right is sure that, is that, so is that right? so it's it's not just one thing there's so many different parallels which all fall into the same spectrum of okay. balance it's a healthy balance okay so confidence humility honesty directness directness um, there's a lot of directness right kindness obviously obviously right kindness compassion yeah. truth all right so can you give me i'm going to make you work now the three big lessons or the three big takeaways from what a family, A, a family should be doing to help her uh, mom's uh, loving son, let's say if he's an addict, part A, and part B, what the individual recovering person needs to do. Just give me the, the bottom line for those things, if you would. No, we can obviously capture from the conversation a lot of the points that you already made i think so you said commitment was a big one right yeah educate yourself around this topic when it's a new topic for people it can be very stressful it can be very emotional it can be very you know destructive in Mm -hmm. in, in for for yourselves right so educate yourselves whether that is you know reaching out to people in that network taking yourself to an Al-Anon meeting to just getting in touch with other people so so you Primarily, do not feel alone on this journey. Okay. And right. that this is So don't cursed. feel alone is one, right? Don't be alone. That's yeah. true of both. Yeah. Well, it's true of the family, and it's also true of the addict. All right, so number two would be... So, so educate yourself and, and don't feel alone. Then okay. how to approach. Do you approach? I think in every circumstance it's different, but it's, I think it's only fair to other people do it in interventions. Approach the person that's suffering with this. And just openly try and have a calm, collected conversation that perhaps this is an area in which we need to help and address that things are not going well. And I, again, I don't think this is the greatest of things. Again, it's based on the situation it, as a whole. depends on the individual. Perhaps you want support on this. You don't want to be un, uh, alone, hence why intervention. So it makes sense because you're connecting a couple of important things. One is one does not want to sit down with your suffering addict who is living at home and doing heroin in the basement unless you're fully educated on the nature Mm. of the disease yeah yeah. you're in a codependent why are you doing this but it's also your mindset as well it's also the family's mindset as well is that this is going to cause awful amounts of stress stress and perhaps it's been happening for years and years right right yeah all right so what's number three then so I think after you've approached the individual who, who may need the help, it's, it's again, it's about trying to be honest, calm, collected with this, despite how you may feel about this. Right. I, I get that. I really okay, do. got it. 
and then it's looking for sensible options of where to go and what I can say with that is that these these sort of paths and these sort of journeys that they're not things that you can do on your own um, for your loved one or for your addict this does need to be dealt with elsewhere if it is at the point where they cannot help themselves the crucial thing is this is again it's a kind of like a catch 22 the sooner the better don't let it go too far because right. these things escalate and they escalate very quickly and they do guess what so, keep going around yeah. in circles part of education making sure that you're talking to a qualified addiction specialist yes because the primary care doctors i know in the u.s only half of them get trained for yeah. that and for more because they're sure you're going to get a very maybe a clinical approach but but don't also feel well feel also that there are other networks around in which you can better educate yourselves and chat with people very friendly openly about this kind of stuff but however it may require you to go to let's say an Al-Anon meeting to start with but you can really branch out your network of finding someone who you're actually comfortable relating to uh, comfortable speaking to and actually can relate to with your own friend or loved one's addiction to really pinpoint where the issues and experience is. So let me speak to Al-Anon since I'm also a grateful member of Al-Anon, my daughter, and then my fiance later went around the corner on me, so to speak. And I learned a healthy detachment between myself and the person who was suffering so that I was no longer uh, okay only if they were okay or if they were okay with me. I could be okay whether they were okay or not. And that took a while to learn. So the notion that you could point somebody, a family member to Alan is a very powerful idea. And until you get there and see how it works and give it a try for maybe two or three months, go to a bunch of meetings, you will feel the burden lifting. And you will understand that this is not, that, that this is what it says on the walls. I didn't cause it, I can't control it, and I can't cure it. And once you accept that, you're, you start to become free. So that's good advice on your part. Okay, we're good. Hey, and... Uh, just one more thing to add sure. there as well is, especially for the families and the loved ones and even the addicts as well, is do not by any means be put off by the word rehab or clinic or anything like that. Okay. Now, it is an absolutely 100% fair to say that, yes, there are establishments which are like prisons, which may seem like incarcerations, punishments. But this is not the case. This really isn't. There's many of these places. However, please look for variety. Look for different options. There are so many places which give different approaches, slightly more freedom. And and you could connect to people, families who have experienced um, yeah. rehabs for their... I, I can, I can, of course. I mean, one, one, anyone could, really, if, um, you, if you look for it, right? But it's be open. Be open about this and... Well, you can say, do your homework, just have a look around. Don't be set on the first place. I understand that these are life-changing, very important decisions which are usually made when help must or is needed at that time there and then. But but please do look around as there are some fantastic places that change the whole initial stereotypical thought of right. rehab. Bust the myth, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're good. I will wrap it up this way. Thank you, Tony. For your insights, I think the, the the fact that we focused on the role of the family and on your personal experience, um, what it was like, what happened, and what, what life is like now, uh, was very valuable. So we'll catch you next week. Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. 
Tune in next week for the next episode of Busting Addiction and Its Myths, where we now have our weekly episodes titled by topic for you to search and download at your leisure, all in the interest of busting some myths and bringing you the truth about the face of addiction and alcoholism today.